was like, holy crap, like this is just working out all in my favor. And how could this possibly go wrong? And they liked me in the interview. They're like, do you know anything about SEO? I was like, I know nothing about SEO. I have no idea what this is. And they're just like, come back next week. Tell us what you learned. Go and read up as much about SEO as you possibly can and tell us what you learned coming back a week later. It's like, okay. And so I, I take an unbelievable amount of notes. I bring my notebook in to the interview and they just said, we're really impressed that you even brought in all of your notes here. Hi, everyone. This is Joshua Hoffman and Alex Garashenko, and welcome to another episode of the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast, where we deconstruct the why and how agency owners found their success, and in season three, discuss how to build a community and referral network. Today, I have Grant McKinstry, the CEO of Digital Position, a search marketing agency that looks at digital marketing differently. Welcome, Grant. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Did I did I get that last name good? Did yeah, you got it. Nailed it. <laughs> I was like worried, like when I say it fast, like when we were doing this before, I was like, like going kind of slow. So I was like, right, let's see. No worries. I was gonna say I was impressed with uh, Alex's last name pronunciation because I was wondering the same thing. I was like, that's that's definitely a good one. He's got it down. His is phonetically. <laughs> his is like kind of phonetical. Also, like if you were to spell Garashenko, you'd pretty much spell it exactly how it's it's spelled. So his is yeah. his is pretty easy. Also, awesome. <laughs> um, so, uh, and by the way, this is uh, for the people not watching the video. This is the blanket episode, uh, except for Alex, but you know, we got our blankets on. Um, but where I want to start, other than blankets, uh, is something that we both love, which is video games, which we were literally just talking about a second ago. Um, and I want to just understand, or, or, or as I understand it, you were a streamer in your previous life. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to know what your favorite games are. And more importantly, I have a note that just says, let's talk about brain sweat. Uh, so we'll just start there and see where it goes about brain sweat. (laughs) That's funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I love anything that's like a challenging platformer type of game. So I've played Celeste, I've played hollow Knight, um, but also games like jump King getting over it, Pogo stuck where they are internally incredibly frustrating games, but also incredibly satisfying when you're able to beat them play just about every Mario game under the sun too. But uh also have played like league of legends for years call of duty as well but um like really oh hades is another pretty big game that i absolutely love as well but either way uh i've played a large majority of uh variety of games and uh have just have loved them ever since and have played them for a very very long time um and then what do you just quickly define as as brain sweat brain sweat so i don't know Oh, oh, so actually that's right. So uh with like puzzle games, that's right. So like with the witness mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's right. Um just something that just really makes you think, like really makes you sit there and ponder. Like the witness is probably one of my favorite games of all time. And it just really makes you, it's not a physical sweat. It is just like internally you are like busting your ass to try and figure out how to solve a really difficult puzzle and just finagling your way around however possible way you can solve it and it's uh i don't know i just i just like stuff that really makes you think strategize and just think about things differently too if you're not really if you're not actually sweating while playing video games are you really playing video games <laughs> that's fair that's fair. <laughs> it's what the blankets for too <laughs> uh and then and then i gotta just keep diving a little bit into this i don't know if the listeners care or not but whatever we're, we're doing it uh the favorite mario game and yes i'm a weird philadelphian that says mario and not mario <laughs> yeah, so funny enough, uh, Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars is my favorite game of all time. 
It's a it's a mouthful of a game. Came out for Super Nintendo a long time ago. Crazy enough that you asked that is they are releasing a remastered version of it this Friday, and I am over the moon excited about it. Um, nice. So it's it's uh, it's an incredibly awesome game. It's just like a turn based RPG combat type of game. Like if you played Final Fantasy back in the day, very yeah. similar style. Yeah. Um, and it's just like breathes so much nostalgic of all the characters. Um, all of the soundtrack, like on a weekly basis, I'll probably w- I'll listen to the full soundtrack of that game, <laughs> maybe at least once a week. I, I love it so much. It's great. That's great. I loved Final oh Fantasy VII. That was one of my favorite games of all time. Um, and I guess last question for now on the video game stuff. What do you think that you learned from video games that you maybe you brought to the business world, if anything? Oh, man. I mean, it's certainly... Certainly a lot of competitive drive comes from that too. I mean, playing like Call of Duty and like League of Legends all these years and also just like kind of reaching that final boss aspect of you just, you build yourself up throughout this entire time. You've learned so many different things. Oh, Dark Souls is another one to get into it where it's like you just keep getting beaten down all the time. You die hundreds of times until you really like understand all of your mistakes all the time. You make a bunch of mistakes throughout the entire period of time. And you just build up to this final outcome of like, we finally conquered the the mountain, the demon, whatever it might be. And uh, yeah, it's just like, it's the satisfaction of really like reaching an end result after just like busting your ass and like really working hard through it. Because yeah, it's really easy to say that like video games are a fun thing, but it's, there's, there's like so many positive fundamental like building blocks that you can take out of it that you can just apply anywhere else too. Yeah. And I, I think also, you know, with the industry getting so much bigger and like they have these, you know, they sell out the staple center for some championship game, like, like teamwork is also getting into it, which I think absolutely net days, it wasn't as much teamwork focus, but every game almost now has some kind of teamwork focused on it too. Now. Um, all right. And then going from video games to dishwashing um, your first job, as my understanding was you were a server and a dishwasher. Um, so I'm I'm always curious, like what you learned working in the service industry, because I think that's one of the more, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but crazy industries to work in, um, for lack of a better word. So yeah, what was it like working in the service industry? And then same question, like what did you bring from that that you brought to business now? Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing that it taught me was I don't want to mess with other people's food. Um, I, I really did not want to be in the food industry for very long after that. So that was one thing that certainly taught me. But the really unique circumstance with this was it was my mom's uh, catering business that um, she built when I was young. And I was very involved or as involved as a young teenager could be uh, during that period of time to like understand how and what it takes to build a business. Um, so I was able to understand a lot of the inner workings of like what my mom was doing to build a brand, establish financials, get a location and just hiring people. All of these different things where it's like, it was very minuscule of what I was able to take away from it at a young age, but it's like over time, it was like I was involved within some of those within some of that at a very young age, which I think has really proved to be very valuable over time of just having that stick with me at a younger age to be able to carry out to to my adult professional life. Yeah, no, perfect. Um, do you think you got some of your entrepreneur chops? Um, well, we'll talk about how you ended up in the position that you're in. So I guess not necessarily entrepreneurial, but um, did you get anything from, you know, your mom being an entrepreneur? I think a lot of it was the work ethic and the grind. Um, I would say maybe not the entrepreneurial side for, and we'll get to the story a little bit later, but, um, I think just in terms of the, 
just the sheer grit that my mom showcased and it always drilled into myself and the rest of my family, all my brothers, I have three brothers and a sister. It's like all of us have this really dedicated sense of just work hard, bust your ass and just get shit done. Like, I think that's one of the biggest things that I've been able to always take away from my upbringing is the fact that like, we've just always put in 110% in everything that we've done. And it's always showed in terms of the quality of work that we've output and yeah, I would say above all else, that's that's certainly been the most useful thing that I've taken. Uh, no, that's that's perfect. And then now to finally get to, to digital position and, and that story we were just uh, saying. So you actually started as an SEO account lead uh, and then you were promoted to CEO within three years, which is bonkers. And we'll, we'll go into that story in a second. Um, and I, I think it's got to be the first time that we've had something like that on this podcast. Uh, we've had people that didn't start as the founder, but I don't know if they went from like from the bottom to the top, I guess. Um, so can you tell us how you got that initial position and then how you eventually, can you kind of go through the whole story of how you became promoted to CEO? Yeah, absolutely. So I, do you want me to start from even like getting into digital marketing or just in terms of digital position? Cause yeah. yeah, Cause I mean, getting into digital marketing to begin with was a complete accident. Funny enough. I mean, I went to school for sport management and finance. So I had a little bit of an understanding of digital marketing with sport management being like a business degree, just focused on sport. My original dream was to work in, a, in an athletic department. It's always a mouthful to say. And I ended up doing a internship up at the University of Vermont for my final semester to try and bring baseball back to the school. Unfortunately, that didn't work out. But I had a great connection with the athletic director of the university up there. And before I ended up graduating, he was like, really like the work that you did. We're really interested in hiring you once you're done. And that was awesome. So I moved from North Carolina up to Vermont, which is where I grew up, um, signed a lease with my girlfriend and was told about a week later that they were going through budget cuts at the university and that they would no longer be able to hire me. And I was like, well, shit, like I'm, I just signed a lease. I don't have a job. I just have, I have a bunch of student debt. I am not in the best scenario. Week later, take my car in to go get inspected. They say, this is a rust bucket. It was a 96 Toyota Corolla, rest in peace. Love that car. Um, and it was a rust bucket and it was a detriment to myself and everybody else on the road. And I need to replace it as soon as possible. So I come up to Vermont, sign a lease, have no money, have a bunch of student debt, have a car that is non-functional and, uh, no job. So that was fun. And shortly after one of my buddies told me to just apply to a local digital marketing agency called deal.com, which more focuses on the automotive side of digital marketing. And he was just like, they just need people that have customer service experience. And I was like, sweet. Because uh, that is all I did. I managed a frozen yogurt store. I was a concierge for a um, golf resort. And I've I've done just a lot of people, people working beforehand. But anyways, get in through there. I go in day one. And fortunately, I had like a connection from my high school base or my middle school baseball coach was there. And who actually worked there, had the same manager, et cetera, et cetera. Oh. Don't need to get too into too many details, but it was like one of these things where it was like one after another. I was like, holy crap, like this is just working out all in my favor. And how could this possibly go wrong? And they liked me in the interview. They're like, do you know anything about SEO? I was like, I know nothing about SEO. I have no idea what this is. And they're just like, come back next week. Tell us what you learned. Go and read up as much about SEO as you possibly can and tell us what you learned coming back a week later. It's like, okay. And so I, I take an unbelievable amount of notes. I bring my notebook in to the interview and they just said, we're really impressed that you even brought in all of your notes here. 
we're just going to quiz you on some stuff. Feel free to do, use your notes. And otherwise you're pre- like pretty much, it was like a done deal at that point um, where they were just overall very impressed about the notes. Regardless, get into digital marketing by there, end up falling in love with it. Go can through I, all of this. In, oh yeah, sure. Right there. Cause yeah. where did you find your research? Um, when, usually oh, when I job, I'm on podcasts and all the, where did, how did you get your research? Yeah, I went through the whole Moz beginner guide to SEO, which funny enough, I've other people I've told this story to, that's about how I think like 50 to 60% of people that have started into SEO got started on SEO is reading that Moz Beginner's Guide. I saw Alex shake his head yes, right when you said Yeah. <laughs> so it's really funny how that has like continued to be a lot of people's starts um, and still continues to be like... Um, but yeah, it, it was a phenomenal document. Funny enough, I would say still like half of it, I probably don't use on a regular basis for SEO, um, but it's still all good foundational knowledge to have. Um, so anyways, I was with deal.com for about three years. It was a great place to get me started, really really hone in on my time management skills because over the course of the, the three years I was there, I had to manage about 40 accounts, which was a lot. But over time... Things started to dwindle. I had a buddy that shifted to this company, Digital Position, and he was like, hey, it seems like things are a little bit tougher. You're getting work to the bone over at deal.com. He's like, would you like to, to make a transition? I was like, sure. I sent him my resume. Next day, I have an interview with the co with the CEO at the time, as well as the SEO director. And then the next day, I got a job offer and gave my two weeks and moved over to Digital Position within two weeks. Um, and... Uh, and then, yeah, now I've been here for three years. Funny enough, within the first two weeks of I was there, it was in COVID. So this was mid, this was September of 2020. We had an online summit with the team and we just played video games. We all bought a 99 cent game called Bean Battles, which is a nice little like third person shooter game. And all of us were playing this. I was like, this is like a match made in heaven already. Um, so Bean Battles, one of the best bang for your buck games you can buy on Steam. And it is a goofy ass looking game. So if anyone's looking for a really cheap, uh, cheap, fun time, that's, that's the game. <laughs> that's hilarious. But, but um, yeah, that's, that's the general gist of that, that whole story without trying to get like too in the weeds about it. But it's, uh, yeah, it's funny how I would say most people I meet with getting into like digital marketing, it tends to be an accident in a lot of ways. I mean, I, yeah, you. I was going to say, not too much time passed um, since you got hired. From the time that you got hired, that you came to them and said, "I'm doing um, SEO month to month," and then you essentially asked for more. What was that mm-hmm. process like? Yeah, yeah, great question. Um, yeah, it was because after going through a lot of grind within my previous job, where again taught me so many great and valuable tools to be able to apply for just digital marketing in general, it was month to month to month to month, constantly rinse and repeat of just how to do SEO in different forms. And I was like, I feel like I could be applying so much more knowledge and so much more value here. And that was when I approached the co-owners at the time. And I was like, hey, I'm getting a little burnt out of SEO. I'd like to try something else. They're like, hey, this is perfect timing. We are just looking to do like a pivot to like digital position 2.0. And they were like, hey, would you have any interest in trying PPC? And I was like, absolutely. Let's let's see what happens. And so they uh they got me trained pretty quickly or pretty quickly. They got me in touch with the, the PPC manager, became really great friends with him, and he did a phenomenal job at training me. And within about a couple of months of going through training there, they're like, hey, 
We've got a massive opportunity within one, within one of our largest accounts for PPC. They're just like, how would you feel about taking it on on your own? I was like, that's pretty wild um, because it, it's, it culminates about 80 local stores across the country. Um, it is a running shoe company. And me having just learned PPC at that period of time, I was like, that's, <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was a pretty massive undertaking, a massive request at the time. I was like, but they clearly believed in me. They felt like I had made a lot of great progress. And I was like, absolutely. I mean, like, there's no better way to learn than than doing it right now. So uh, then I became a hybrid between SEO and PPC account lead, just being able to do everything together and then understand the inner functions of how both of these departments can work together and be able to make just an all-inclusive, all-comprehensive type of strategy where we felt like we were struggling a lot of trying to make the two uh, departments come together, which is still like a constant thing that we tried to try to figure out. But um, it was just constantly become another match made in heaven of, I felt like I was really excelling in SEO. I wanted to try and figure something else out. PPC was the next step, able to merge both of those together and then just be able to understand more of how the inner workings of the business came to be. Yeah, but how did you become CEO? Uh, like, what did they, uh, <laughs> what did they yeah. see you? Like, what did they, you know, I'm sure you had a conversation about it and they said, you know, you've excelled in X, Y, and Z. So we think you'd be a good fit. Um, I'm going to throw a lot of questions at you and you can take this, sure. you know, why, why did they, why did the previous CEO leave? You know, what did that whole look like? So what did that whole just situation look like? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, when I, when I became an SEO and PPC uh, account lead, and just started to have a better understanding of both primary primary sides of the business would function. And then from that point, it was, how can we make them better collaborate? And then from that point, how can we continue to establish processes that everybody can then utilize to just make their lives easier? And one of the biggest pain points that I came into to try and assist with was client onboarding. It was one of the biggest things where every single time somebody would, we would get a new client and all the account leads were like, we're happy to get a new account, but this is a pain in the ass and we need a better way to be able to do this. And so the current CEO of the time tasked me with being able to figure that out and really just understanding a process from start to finish from uh, soup to nuts, which is the first time I've heard that like a couple of weeks ago, but I feel like this is a really weird saying, but now that I know it, I will use soup to nuts forever. Um, but anyways... Being able to understand how to onboard a client by understanding where does support come into the mix? Where does leadership come into the mix? Where does the account lead come to the mix? And merge all of this together into this all-encompassing process that everybody can utilize. And even if you've never done an account build before, you've never done an, an account onboarding before, you can watch, you can see this process, you can go through it start to finish. Um and I think how that was the one thing that document oh, that go process. Ahead. Yeah. How did you document that? Was was it like was it a document that you had? Was it like a series of videos and training? Yeah. So where it started was we had a company summit where we all got together. And my first thing was, what is everybody's pain points? Like, what is the most difficult part of this process that everybody struggles with? And I just gathered as much information as I could from them, took a bunch of notes. And essentially, my first starting point was, how do I address all of these pain points? So I would write down all the pain points here is how we could possibly solve it. And then we have a task management uh, tool called monday.com. And I would just put down every single task that would be needed from step-by-step. Step. And then within each step is a detailed step-by-step -step process of how to do that step step-by-step. Step. So it's like, you're just going through inceptions of tasks 
to just break it down even simpler from every step of the way. So again, if for either of you, if you had no idea what we did, you could at least go into every single step and just follow it to a T. There might be some things like intricacies that you might not be super familiar with, but overall, if you have some fundamental understanding, it's like, here is it broken down to its core pieces so that there is no confusion or no misunderstandings of what could possibly come next. Um, so yeah, it is taking, here is step one, onboarding, our onboarding specialist, onboarding specialist gets involved. Then they send out an email. Then they get all of the access to all the tools that we need. Then they get access to X, Y, and Z. Then they loop in the other account leads and send an email out to start the onboarding to request all of this access. It's like, it, it really was a like eye-opening type of situation for me of, oh, wow, like I have at least worked into all of these different departments in some way, shape, or form. So it was very easy for me to ultimately rattle off all of these different things that need to happen to like at its core, understand this entire process from start to finish. Um, but was it? Yeah, keep going. Yeah, and I was going to say, so with that, as I worked through and was able to complete that entire process and get it through, certainly there was a lot of different rough drafts and renditions that we made through to finally get it to its final product. And still by no means is it perfect, but it still is in a much better spot than where it was beforehand, where there was a lot of confusion. There was a lot of um, diffusion of responsibility, which I think is always the biggest part of trying to establish a process is who is responsible for everything at every step of the way too. Um, mm -hmm. so that nobody is ever confused or nothing gets left undone because somebody assumes that somebody else is going to take care of it. Um, so it was, as I was working through that, I started to knock out a bunch of other processes, client offboarding, uh, employee onboarding, employee offboarding, employee training, pretty much everything that just sets a foundation of like where the business is going to be able to succeed from. And it felt like every week for a solid couple of months, I was releasing a new process and shipping it out to the team. And here's how we do offboarding. Here's how we do onboarding. Here's how we set out of office notifications. Here's how we do like everything under the sun. It felt like for a little while where I just was dipping my toes in everything. And I think it was just, I wanted to do everything I could to make everybody else's lives easier. There was all of these different things that we could have to, there's all of these different things that just needed to be improved upon. And I was like, I will just continue to grind from 8 a.m. to sometimes 8 p.m. at night and just let's just smooth things out. Like, let's make this work for everybody so people don't have to worry about how do I do this process anymore, um, just so that we can continue to function as a much more well oiled machine as a company. And I think that was one of the bigger things where, um, Roger and Steve, the co-founders are, were, saw a lot in terms of like what I was just continuing to do. I felt like I just really dedicated a lot of time to the team because this team is a bunch of people that I genuinely and wholeheartedly care a lot about. Um, and I think we, I think we talked about it a little bit before, but like, mm -hmm. I wouldn't do getting a little ahead in terms of like me being in this position, I would not have done this for any other team simply because of the fact that the people that are here are just, I want to do everything in my power so that they can all continue to succeed and get all the value that they get out of being here in digital position. And that's a, it's a pretty powerful thing for me to be able to have somewhat like control over that. It's a little terrifying at times, but it's like one of those things where 
my decision making and the things that I can do here can help provide more value to other people's lives of people that I genuinely think deserve all of the value in the world because they are all genuinely amazing people that work here. Um, and it's like my, my, my go-to saying is like, I would gladly go and have a beer with any single person on this team after work, if we were all in a local setting at any point in time. Um, and that's like my, my measurement of, are you a good human being? Are you somebody like, like to work with? And there's not a single person on the scene that I would not do that with. Um, but that was a pretty long rant going a bunch of different directions, but. <laughs> oh, that was no, great. I, I, it I think I typed up perfectly. It, it does. Yeah, exactly. You can see my nose that I'll type it up. Um, I was going to ask, I was going to ask like, why, you know, why did you do that without the promise of becoming CEO as in like, where did the motivation come from? And then you kind of already answered that. Hmm. So then I guess I would want to know, you know, and maybe you already answered this too, but like, what about this team motivated you to like go above and beyond to do this work that, that did end up helping you become the CEO. But like, from my understanding, it's not like you knew that was going to be the case. So, you know, I even, and just to challenge it a little bit more, you know, like a lot of people even love their team that they work with, but they don't go to the levels that you did. Um, like why? <laughs> <laughs> I I think a lot of it had to do with, I mean, Roger and Steve were two people that very, very quickly I was able, I felt like I could trust my life with. They were people that I could clearly see heavily valued everybody within the company and has done such a phenomenal job from day one of me being here of building this incredible culture of just people who grind and are really hardworking at their core and love what they do, but also are just like genuinely great people at the end of the day. Um, and it's it's really easy to find one of those two aspects. It's really hard to find both of those and then continue to build upon that with everybody in the company. Um, and I think it was just the overall rapport that they were able to establish from us all having a very similar competitive drive. We're all pretty into video games. And I think we all were able to connect really well, um, just from like a friendship standpoint, business aside. And I th- it was just that instilled a lot of trust in me to just be like, I am willing to pour my heart and soul into this company because I know that I'm not going to get screwed over like I have in the past in terms of... Because, yeah, I think that's where it took me probably about a year before I truly felt comfortable within the company because... Certainly when you bust your ass at a previous agency and you don't feel like you get rewarded in terms of what you feel like you deserve, it's kind of like you have like trust issues, I guess, like from from a relationship or something like that. (laughs) And it was just like Mm -hmm. taking a little bit of time to get over that. It was like after a year, I was like, I feel like if I gave them the world, like they would look to in some way reciprocate that. Like I am giving it, I'm giving my all to good people who deserve it. And I'm willing to do whatever it takes to to continue to help them thrive because they have built such an incredible foundation for a company. And I want to help them be able to continue to achieve what they have set out to do and just continuing to grow that as much as possible. So to your point, yeah, CEO was never in the cards in my eyes at any point in time, but it was just, these are all people that I want to continue to associate myself in my life with. And I'm willing to just be as much of a team player as humanly possible to make sure everybody else can su- succeed as much as possible. Yeah. And, and I guess I want to take a lot of what you're saying and, and start the uh, a little bit of the community conversation um, because mm-hmm. I think, you know, obviously the people that you work with are part of a community and, and that's what we try to highlight. And, and you already mentioned, you know, a lot of them like video games. So um, obviously like working with your coworkers and, and let's call that community was important. 
and again, maybe you already answered this, but like, is there anything I, I want to keep digging into it? Like, is there anything that you can put your finger on that it says like, because of this, you know, like, like what, what could you bring to now building another community that you learned from that? I guess is what I'm asking. Hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going through adversity and continuing to see the brighter, like to see the brighter side of things. Like there's a couple of, there's a couple of people that we lost within the company relatively early on within me being here. And I was like, Whoa, this is like a big, like shockwave to the system. Like I'm, I'm really surprised like that so-and-so left and I didn't really know anything of the inner workings of what was going on there and why that happened. But in my mind, I was like, I don't know. It took me like maybe a day or less to be like, I fully trust these guys or the first couple of times I didn't know what to think. And then over a course of like a week, I was like, Oh my God, like nothing has changed. Everything is better because of it. They clearly made the right decision in this, in this aspect and things are good because of it. And then a couple more of those happened along the way. And it just continued to be like, things got better when those tough decisions were made. And I was like, these guys are always looking out for the best in everybody here, whether or not it seems like it's the right decision at the right time. Ultimately, without fail, every single time, things have gotten better because of it. And I, it, I don't know. It was just, I guess it is really hard to put like more, more to it than that. But I think. Did any um, like prerequisites yeah. need to be there? um for for those things to happen so a couple of things that you mentioned on on our pre-call was um everyone has a competitive drive at least you and the founders were both competitive we're all competitive athletes is mm -hmm. that is, is is that a common theme um on on the team is that everyone has either played sports knows how to be part of a team or i have others not been and they just fall right in and why yeah. Yeah. I mean, funny enough, I say a lot of it has stemmed from Roger, the previous CEOs. Um, he at one point in time was a professional volleyball player. Um, and Steve, him and Steve actually met or knew each other in high school, and played volleyball together. We actually have, I think, two or three other volleyball players on our team and a bunch of other people who are really into sports. And I think that is one thing that we do definitely look into, especially when hiring is just how, because in our eyes is what do you define as hard? Like, what do you define as difficult? And some people who have like this competitive drive and sports kind of brings out like that really raw grit mentality nature of like, there is nothing harder than like, I don't know, <laughs> like, I guess, uh, just like getting beaten down through sports, like going through a really tough loss, building yourself back up and trying to like come back and like win a championship at the end of the year or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like it really builds such an incredible mindset and mentality that we really value. And that has made some of our, some people that have come in with zero marketing experience become some of our best marketing account leads um, within the company. And it really doesn't come down to, do you know PPC or SEO well? It's like, are you willing to do whatever it takes to get the job done and figure it out yourself? Because that long-term is going to be a far more valuable characteristic to have than anything else um, that we could possibly see. Um, so it's a consistent theme that we hear, um, as, as we ask that question, it's, it's not necessarily only sports, but just that ability to, um, iterate through repetition, getting beaten down, understanding what needs to change, and then actually having the willpower to go through, make those changes and then continue that cycle with incremental improvements. Without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah. Cause 
not everybody within our team is has played sports or anything like that, but it's like they still have like that it factor, I guess to to put it that way. Um where yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah and there's that. also um yeah, go ahead, Josh. Oh, I, I was just going to add that, I, you know, we have brought this up a few times, whether it's talking about sports or not, um, that there's like, I, free, I I need to find the meme because I've referenced it probably like 20 times already. But it's like, you know, there are a lot of skills that you don't need to learn and you can still be good at, um, like showing up on time and like, you know, picking yourself up when something bad happens. And, and there's a lot of skills that, you, again, you don't need to go to school for X amount of years to learn those. But if you have those, a lot of times you can learn anything you want. And I think that's kind of what you were saying, Grant, also is. Is mm-hmm. they didn't start with the knowledge, but they had the almost the soft skills, I guess you would say, to then improve the hard skills. Um, and it's something we've talked about a lot lately. Yeah. Sorry, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. And there is um also it was uh it was interesting. You had mentioned Age of Empires and how during off hours you would play Age of Empires with the co-founders. And um is is that a is that a common theme um be- between the team members that like they actually hang out? after work is over and what does that do for the culture yeah and i i would like to think that if we were because all of us are remote we're all spread across the country in different ways um or in different states and i would like to think a large majority of them would uh i think we have there's certainly like little like clicks of people that like get together and certainly like gravitate towards each other more often than everybody else but yeah i mean what two nights ago I was playing Fortnite with uh, our SEO manager and our paid search and paid social manager as well. Like Fortnite lately has actually been much more of a of the uh, of the game because they brought back the OG Fortnite map. But I digress. Um, but yeah, it's like it's one of those things where you all have the same mentality to where it's so easy to get along. Where everybody has that same type of drive. Everyone has the same type of like. Although we might not have the same interest, but although video games obviously helps bring people together. But I think that's also to the degree of why I would gladly go grab a beer with any single person on the team um, is it's so easy to then talk about this drive that we all have. And it's like, what what helps those people get up in the morning? It's like really knowing more about everybody's unique upbringing to lead them to that type of mentality and still be able to come together on common ground at the end of it. Yeah, there's actually, um, uh, Josh, before you go into those other questions, um, um, we always discuss like what books w- would you recommend? And um, recently on a podcast, someone recommended um, Five Dysfunctions of a Team. And it's interesting in that book, um, the first is kind of like a, you think of it as like a pyramid, like you initially you have the base and there's each of the dysfunctions is a base that you essentially need to overcome to build you know, an optimal team. And um, at the very core of it, or the like the first foundational block is trust. And trust is kind of like a fluffy word. But um, what trust means, or at least the way it's described in that book, is you know, the other people on your team, in um, that you know enough about them, like their upbringing, their struggles, like what they like doing, what they don't like doing, um, so that you can feel Com- uh, comfortable being vulnerable with them and having that level of trust to have then what's then the next thing is being able to have healthy conflict. And so it seems like because of, you know, so much about your team members, whether it's through shared sports or competitive experiences through playing video games um, after hours, you learn this kind of base about them. And then when something really challenging comes up, 
you can actually address it with them instead of kind of just like sweeping it under the rug. You can come with them like, look, like, you know, you're, you're great at doing this, but when this happens and you can actually have a real conversation, mm-hmm. have, have you seen that on your team? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I think the, yeah, the trust element is so big and I don't know. I think it's, I think a lot of it does come from who is making the hiring decision too. like the hiring is the biggest part of it is one initially understanding and defining like who is that right fit to bring into the company, which we've certainly had some misses in the past. And ultimately like we've, we've lost a few people because of that, but no one's going to be perfect at hiring to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think us being able to make the decisions of recognizing who those people are and either they end up leaving on their own or we end up moving on from them on our own um, kind of helps continue to build that trust that it's like any person that we bring in and we fully back behind between myself or Roger or Steve or whoever it may be, there is there is that trust that has been built that then kind of bleeds off into those people that we hire. So then it already starts off on like the right landing foot so that everyone can immediately get together. And it, it's kind of just like, it, it helps itself, I guess, to say, to say the least without having to have someone news come in and start from start from scratch mm-hmm. i guess with everybody else but without a doubt the the trust factor is so big and it all also comes from communication too um that is very very difficult in a remote culture for sure but is something that we continue to press upon i mean slack is certainly the one of the greatest things that we have in terms of a tool to just continue to communicate with each other and just hop into a huddle hop into a zoom hop into a google meet whatever it may be and just be able to recognize that we're all driven individuals and we're all adults at the end of the day that want to get our shit done. But also it's like, we all get along well. We all have that similar goal at the end of the day. And I, that just helps kind of band everyone together too. Yeah. And, and and I think, I don't know if you've heard this before, something tells me you have, but the one thing I, I just want to add before I get into my last questions is, you know, we talked about like how you became a CEO and community and having a strong team and, I'm going to guess a lot of that glue uh, is that you're, you seem very genuine. Uh, Like, I I don't know. I couldn't highlight something you said specifically, uh, but the way that you do talk about knowing like your employees and everything, maybe you're, maybe just, it's all a farce and you're not genuine, but uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. You just, you just truly, you seem like a very genuine person. So um, thank you. a few questions I ask at the end. Um, If you had to teach something to other marketers, what would it be? Oh boy. Um, time management. I think that's one of the constant things that I come across where understanding where your priorities should lie and being able to prioritize those accordingly and being able to understand how to structure your day. I think that is the most invaluable skill I think I have learned throughout, especially my previous agency job where I had to manage so many accounts and where I've seen some people falter in terms of the past couple of years, in terms of some hires that might not have landed, where time management is just so incredibly valuable to know how to effectively spend your day and also understand what are your most effective times of day, where some people like myself, I probably get my worst piece of work done between the hours of like 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. So generally, I won't do highly... I won't do highly important work during that time. And I will put that off until like seven to 10 o'clock at night where I feel like I'm far more focused and in the zone. Um, so like having that recognition of where you are going to be able to do your most effective work along with your time management, I think is so important. And uh, next question is, uh, well, 
a lot of what we're trying to do with this with this podcast, and I've said it before, is you know we started just as a podcast and all that kind of stuff. Um, but what we're doing now is we're building a community, and that's why you know we're focusing on community here. Um, and, and we want to get you know the guests that we've had kind of talking to each other, whether that's sharing referrals, whether that's just sharing knowledge, whether that's sharing problems and things like that. Um, so the question I have is, you know, how can you work with other marketing agencies or, you know, what service can you partner with other agencies? So another way is, you know, what do agencies tend to reach out to you guys for? Yeah, absolutely. Our bread and butter is PPC and SEO. So we'll handle anything from Google, Bing, Amazon, Facebook, Instagram, um, for ads. And then we do Google, YouTube, Bing, and Amazon SEO as well. Uh, those are the primary focuses that we, that we look to drive into and, I mean, we've got a bunch of case studies on our website that certainly show that that is that is the best thing that we can. If if you're to put anything in our hands, we're going to absolutely thrive in that realm. And then switching the the question around, if a client asks, you know, can you do this and it's a service that you guys don't currently provide, how do you typically handle that request? Yeah, absolutely. So we have uh, we have a lot of referrals that we look for for like email marketing or for like Amazon A plus content or like design and creative stuff. So we do like creative strategy, but we don't actually look to get like the UGC element of it done or any of the creative assets made. So anything along those lines, I think is always a really huge help. Um, hmm. Well, by yeah, the way, I would say like a Google form for this, if you want. Oh, you cool. Think, like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think. I think that's uh, that covers a, a majority of it, but yeah, yeah. That's we'll make good. sure you're connected in all the proper ways, just in case you. you Sounds know. good. <laughs> like, I Sounds like, good. You're like shit, I don't want to forget anything. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. We'll make sure that we got everything there. Um, if you were listening to this show, what topics would you like us to cover? Oh man, um, what topics? I mean, it's. I would love just because of how much, and this is me more personally with like SEO lately has just ever, there's been like three core algorithm updates in the past couple of months. It's like, there's so much changing with AI and all of these algorithmic changes in terms of how Google is going to function. All these marketplaces are booming. Like Google is trying to completely reshift its entire search engine to kind of be like an Amazon. Amazon is continuing to absolutely blow up the e-commerce space and continue to own up. I think Macy's or like Target or something like that is trying to make their own marketplace similar to Amazon. Like there's all of these just constantly evolving and developing aspects of digital marketing where, I mean, it's going to be completely different now that AI is coming through. And I think thought thought leaders within that aspect of people who are like really getting into the nitty gritty of this stuff, I think is just so interesting to me of how are people adapting and evolving at such an early level of something that is going to be, com- it's just going to explode over the next couple of years. Like AI has certainly changed the game in a lot of ways over the course of just one year of being out, and it's only going to get exponential from this point forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a couple more questions. Are you guys looking to hire any positions right now? Uh, currently, we're in the process of hiring for a PPC account lead and an SEO account lead. Um, and also kind of like of the same thought process of like, I would much rather like always be looking for somebody and find the right person, even if we don't need them right now. Cause it's like, it's, I'm not going to pass up on somebody who is a phenomenal culture fit and we're going to be able to figure out what to do with them regardless of whether or not we need them. 
a lot a lot of people say the same about developers where like if a developer is part of the job or a part of the company then like always be recruiting developers same same kind of logic there last question um any book podcast or newsletter recommendations that can be in business it can be in marketing it doesn't have to be anything you want oh man um <laughs> i am a personal fan of a podcast called the yard uh which is nothing to do with business it is just the best way to explain it is it's just guys being dudes. Um, and it is a, it's personally very entertaining and it's, it's from a, from a streamer called Ludwig that I'm, uh, pretty fond of. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a great one. I also listened to the game by Alex Hermosi. I just think he is, has a wealth of knowledge about business management and just putting things in very, taking to complex and making it simple in a lot of ways. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of just taking away a lot of the the insight that he has just from an unbelievable uh, dynasty that he is like on the progress in the process of building right now, as well as uh, I feel like there's so many I could call. But I'll stick it to those two before I get too deep into it. But I wasn't going to stop you. Um, <laughs> but as we uh, as we come up to the end of the episode, I just want to give you an opportunity to mention how people can find you and anything else you'd like to end with. Yeah, I mean. Uh, really no particular way to be able to find me. Just, uh, Hey, if you need PPC and SEO, uh, digital position is, is your place to go. <laughs> and that is the cheesiest possible finish I could go off with is we're the, we're the guys for you, but we'll, uh, we'll flush that out at some point. Soon. <laughs> yeah, do it. That was perfect. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but awesome. I, I really appreciate you coming on the show. And for those of you who have learned something new from this episode, please consider giving us a like or a follow so we can continue getting the highest quality of guests. And as always, thank you for listening. Grant, I really enjoyed this. Thank you. That was awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. This has been a, this has been a pleasure. Awesome. Thank you, man. Thanks for listening to the Masters in Marketing Agency podcast. I hope you got a ton of value out of this episode. And before we go, I just want to thank our sponsors, DevNoodle. DevNoodle provides marketing agencies with the ability to offer their clients unlimited website design, build, and management services with fixed monthly plans. If website design, development, and maintenance is holding your agency back from growing, please reach out to us at devnoodle.com, where we make websites easy, easy for you and easy for your clients, devnoodle.com.